0: Morning! Morning. Whoa, sorry, I've way overshot on perkiness there, I really didn't mean to.
1: Well, it's like when somebody calls you and you're asleep, and for whatever reason it's everyone's greatest fear to (coughs) appear to have been asleep when you were just called. Maybe it's out of politeness, so you mentally prep for the first words to come out of your mouth to sound super normal and awake, like, you imagine, you know, you've just been doing some uh, chores around the house for a couple hours, and you you go for it. And you're like, hello. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> like, nah, you know, nah. we, may have, we may have fixed this problem societally uh, because I don't think I have been woken up by a phone call in a number of years because no one calls anyone unless they are that person's mother or they are calling their mother as a general. I mean, do you find that you get many phone calls in your day, voice phone calls?
1: Um, I think part of it, well, you mean calls generally.
0: Just yeah. like at all, but uh, especially at odd hours. Um,
1: I think it happens when you're sleeping in later than people generally accept one oh, should right. sleep, or <laughs> going to bed earlier than anyone thinks is normal.
0: I didn't factor in the fact that you work and sleep odd hours. Um, so you're at odds with society and just in general.
1: Also, I get calls from work sometimes at any hour. Oh, although yeah. I feel I owe them less. So if it's work, I'll sort of roll my eyes and answer the phone. Then I won't say anything for a second. And then I'll sort of be like,
0: yes. I'll make sure to I'll make sure to get this this episode of the podcast on your uh, in your in your uh, quarterly review. Um, I, it's no secret. Okay. However,
1: I am very intentional about not ignoring calls. I am willing to help, but I'm not going to go so far as to pretend that I was just like sitting by the phone at two a.m. being like,
0: hmm, who's gonna call? Yeah, I, um, that is a philosophy of mine that is at this point is pretty, so, pretty cemented, which is, uh, if I just respond to your thing now, then I don't have to make a thing on a mental list for later. Like if I just, uh, first in first out, whatever someone needs, then um, they are happy because no one expects to be emailed back immediately or or like, you know, no one expects, to, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like very you.
1: much so. Texts, I'm really bad. I mean, I'm not terrible about it because I think the same thing as you, but yeah. every time I leave a simple text answer, and it's not like I have to go research it, mm-hmm. if I don't do it right away, then it's like three days later, and I'm still thinking about it, and it increasingly bothers me that I didn't say, "Sure, we'll talk about that Monday." And like for
0: some reason, right? I've just refused to send the text. I have I I liberally use uh, to varying degrees of success. Liberally use the the like Siri uh, remind me X at X time like voice feature of my my telephone um Hmm. because well mostly because the actual interface for making like a timed reminder is garbage and it takes forever um so it's easier just to tell a computer (laughs) to (laughs) and the computer you know she'll get 60 percent of the words right but i'll sort of remember although i definitely have gotten reminders (laughs) showing up that are just like (laughs) read down the the bridge (laughs) happening (laughs) your your phone just goes
1: off at 4 a.m. And it's like, it's like, remember the peas. And you're like,
0: mm.
1: I think I'm going to go back to sleep on this one.
0: It's like the digital version of, uh, when you think it's a good idea to put a notebook next to your bed to, to write down your dreams. Oh yeah. So remember in the morning I have, I've well, tried that. The, a the dreams of are okay. Times.
1: Cause they already aren't, sp- they already <laughs> supposed aren't to <laughs> supposed to make sense. But yeah. when you have, when I've tried to write down ideas or, People say to do that sometimes, too. Um, they really definitely don't make any sense. So I just sort of let that go back into the universe.
0: Yeah, but yes. So so I, I do, I, I make reminders um, for the same reason, which is that I treat, if someone comes up to my, or if someone messages me, boy, I got, <coughs> got old man-like sinuses today. Um, when someone messages me, and they need something, I could either stop what I'm doing and go see what they need, or I could add something to a mental cue that I generally don't want more things in, where I have to remember if I tell them, Can, just give me a little while, maybe we'll meet up this afternoon or something. Now I've got a thing for this afternoon. Have I talked about this before? I feel like I have. I don't know. I've talked about this with many people. I, I'm, I don't, well, I don't, it doesn't feel familiar. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to make a new thing. Like I just don't want more like uh items in my, in my mental queue. And when I think of something that I need to do, I treat that as the same thing. That might as well be a little person that walks up to me and says, you got to go to the store tomorrow to buy flour, or whatever. And like <laughs> that guy, <laughs> I could talk to him in later case, about it. Yeah. Or But like, you know, I could set up something or I could just immediately Siri my phone and then the next day I'll get a reminder that says get four sours and then I'll maybe remember what that was for.
1: Um, I, I think we need to go back a little bit to why
0: you're going to the store specifically to pick up flour. I, it was the first item I I don't know up. that a- that's happened. There's a bag okay. of flour on the counter. I, I, it was a look up and see item sort of, uh, uh sort of, uh, well, maybe ad lib situation.
1: Maybe it's because I've been playing Skyrim on and off mm. on my downtime lately. Um, a RPG, yeah, on the computer. Everyone knows what Skyrim uh, is.
0: It's fine. They go to. Reddit. I don't
1: believe that's true. <laughs> um. I just when you said there's a bag of flour on your counter, I was just imagining <laughs> a generic Skyrim house that you live in. There's just oh, like yeah. a stack of flour, several large cheese wheels with various wedges taken out, maybe mm-hmm. a couple barrels. Do you use barrel
0: storage in your kitchen or just stack produce? In my Skyrim kitchen, I definitely did. You have your you have your ring barrel and your uh, your jewel barrel. And uh, and then the, I would just put all the cherry pies I found on the dining room table. pile of cherry pies. Yep.
1: Nope.
0: Mm. I'm. Uh, I, think I we're actually
1: utilizing barrels. Uh, the Cooper inter- Union has just been decimated lately.
0: Oh, so I went to the uh, a, a couple of years ago. I was at the Guinness uh, Brewery in in Ireland. Um. And they have a, a whole display about uh, coopers and barrel making and, and barrels. And uh, they don't use those anymore um, for what they're doing. Um, and you, you know, your my initial reaction was to be indignant. You know, I can't, how dare you not make barrels? It's um, we all need barrels. It's part of the authenticity factor of a, of a, of a fine Guinness or whatever. And uh, the display had a video of a man making a barrel. Um, It was excruciating to watch this old black and white video of a man construct a barrel. Do you know how hard it is to make a barrel? It's tremendous.
1: There's lots of staves involved. It looks highly repetitive.
0: I could only hope
1: that there were a lot of different kinds of barrels and, like, custom barrels back in the day. You know, like wasn't just like better make 1600 barrels this month. But See, it was that like, number
0: very high. Yeah. James it,
1: Jameson needs yeah. this barrel and it's like this crazy drawing of this super custom barrel and all the different
0: ways a spoiler he lives. on it. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, I don't know. Barrel modding. I, I want to say a, a a good cooper could get out like 1 to 2 barrels a day. Um, that I believe that we were talking in the neighborhood of one to two barrels a day uh, for maybe, maybe even less. There's a lot of steps. I I mean, I I
1: know that. Well,
0: it's like a process mm -hmm. and like they last a long time or whatever, but like the, the actual, and also apparently it's very dangerous. (laughs) Like just, there's a lot of steps involving very hot uh, metal. And uh, bending wood, like you got to treat wood and then bend it in weird ways. And man, again, they last for forever, but it sounds like the actual time and manpower investment to make barrels is uh, not, it's a, it's uh, overwhelming,
1: but it's worth it. I mean, when you have a stack of dried apples, that's half your height, loosely piled,
0: you need a barrel. I, you know, I, I'm gonna have to take your word for that. The hypothetical, I'm, I'm having trouble personally, even imagining like one entire dried apple, much less, like four, three feet of <laughs> well, dried thinking, apples. I
1: was thinking apples, but like that would get gross real quick. Just Put in a barrel a bunch <laughs> uh, of apples, they just rot I mean, right away.
0: I assume you know what you're talking about. Maybe there's some barrel has some sort of an, a disinfectant sort of quality to it, but no, that sounds like just a roach hotel at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, modern modern life has made you soft,
0: Kim. <sighs> well, that's definitely definitely true. Um, let's see. Yeah, well, how's your? Um, this is Cameron and Brock two people, the podcast in which Cameron and Brock are two people on um, title number 2 uh potentially the podcast in which Cameron and Brock share notes on life I'm Cameron you're Brock um do you have any uh do you have do you have any uh do you have anything <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot okay
1: I'm a okay proud person that takes
0: I didn't mean like. Do you, as a human being in this world, have anything? I think. Yeah. Sorry, I'm
1: right on the defense, and I'm, I'm ready to defend my existence. Your honor. W- yeah. W- 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 yeah. Just really basic, though. It doesn't have to be anything specific. More than um, please be okay with me existing. <laughs> so mm, it is. I'm on vacation now.
0: Oh, well, that's uh, nice. Sort
1: of. I'm just not going to work till next week, so I'm going to call a vacation. And my brother is in town from Houston, oh, yeah. which is always good. And he brought his little n- new daughter slash my awesome new niece who's
0: great and loves me better than anyone. Oh, you're, oh, really? Oh, I didn't realize you had already like pulled that one. I didn't pull anything
1: it's a natural consequence of our just bond and um fated um destiny sort of destiny to be besties
0: oh well that's awfully nice uh, this is this is the uh aforementioned niece your first uh, female uh sort of not parental whatever whatever an uncle is what oh Hmm. Tangentially parental figure.
1: I'm. I don't know what it is. I'm sure it's not that. There's probably a, name a common for it. phrase.
0: Well, you, look you at told it. you told me about the name before. For I already forgot it. The oh name for yeah. Nieces and nephews. Oh my gosh. Niblets dude. or something. <laughs> Nibblings,
1: which Niblings. is hey, close, close to niblets, but I'm pretty sure niblets is like an
0: appetizer at Chili's right yeah that's taken it's breaded uh mozzarella it's, it's balls. like it's literally copyrighted
1: certain t m yeah trademark um so siblings in town july fourth fireworks um is in order i have a box of aging fireworks, and it's sort of like a progressive aging, so the bottom of the box may be a decade old, and it just sort of gets newer from there, because in Florida, for all of its insanities, as we've mentioned before on the podcast, they've taken a really hardline stance on not allowing crazy fireworks, which... I guess you got to put a line down somewhere and they just sort of spun a wheel and it landed on be strict about fireworks. (laughs) Um, And so they are.
0: Well, and just the other day I was talking to somebody about Chicago's strict. I mean, most towns in the U.S. are like this, but strict uh, uh, alcohol outside laws like you can't walk around with a beer on the sidewalk here. And they pointed out to me that like if that was legal in Chicago, that would be like the the one like thread that you pull that would cause the whole sweater to fall apart. <laughs> like we gotta we gotta keep we gotta keep the beer off the sidewalks in this town. And uh, I think similarly in Florida, you gotta keep the fireworks uh, illegal. Like that. Uh, I mean, it's you're gonna get them anyway. I have. Uh, Shot fireworks with you in Pensacola I have shot fireworks I've shot very kind of like distressingly Large fireworks um, In Homestead, Florida Which is extremely far from any place That one would obtain fireworks um, Legally
1: So I think maybe you're saying That it's not that we don't Obtain them because Growing up here we certainly Regularly obtained Fireworks from Alabama Which is not far away
0: Um, century florida slash flomaton alabama
1: flomaton yeah or you can go west to i don't even know anyway alabama i'm surrounded by alabama it feels a Mm -hmm. little bit like a hostage situation (laughs) but if you said it was okay it's more of the psychological effect of it being like okay we won't bother you if you're using these fireworks like don't do anything really crazy but if they're like, yeah, go for it. See what happens. Psychologically, it just opens up the
0: box a little too much. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. I, we also shot fire. People would shoot fireworks in Jacksonville Beach on the beach at 4th of July. And the beach was relatively crowded. Like we shot them in our backyard. But I'm just now remembering that one time we walked down to the beach in Jacksonville Beach. And uh, there were just people shooting fireworks in the middle of everything that was going on, um, yeah, there's a certain. It's not that it's it's not that like someone's gonna cuff you on July Fourth. I mean, it's well, I our think nation's holiday. We're not so worried about birthday. people being injured, which of oh, course could I, be a side effect. I, mean, I think it's more like
1: burning <laughs> down forests. Oh, Uh yeah. So the beach might be your best bet uh, in that respect. But it's it's a very I don't know it creates a nice tradition. We drive up somewhere we wouldn't normally drive and go to a little shack. And did you ever go with us to buy fireworks?
0: Oh yeah, we bought oh, yeah. Uh, we bought a um, derringer was the biggest <laughs> thing that we bought. And it was a little it was like the smallest uh, little like a barrel shot thing. Like the the balls were probably like a golf ball sized, and then the little barrel oh was probably yeah, like the a foot uh, long mortar yeah. Mortar, thank you. Oh, yes yeah. And we shot it in your backyard. Uh, we also shot uh, a variety of large um, bottle rockets, like the big kind that whistle or pop or whatever.
1: Yeah, the uh, fireworks industry is, I'm assuming, based in China wholly now. Yeah. But it's quite entertaining. There's all kinds of... Basically, it's a just it's like a bunch of gunpowder, for lack of a better... Specific term arranged in different packagings with insane pictures and titles and colors.
0: I'm fairly um, certain our, our listenership has seen a firework. I think have they good.
1: ever been into a warehouse the size of two football stadiums full
0: of fireworks? That's a good. I mean, I sort of assume this is like a shared experience, but I guess it might not be. I, I mean, there's probably states that are not. Like one state away from a fireworks warehouse. Right. Have you ever
1: had to decide whether or not to buy the quote apocalypse rocket?
0: (laughs) Do you wait? Are you telling me you have an apocalypse rocket?
1: I don't currently, but (laughs) it's sort of a legend between me and my siblings that, you know, it's like this. Uh, Again, they all have crazy, not quite English phrasing and stuff, but it was like a larger rocket, singular rocket, that was supposed to take off. And it was called the Apocalypse Rocket. rocket. (laughs) And it had sort of a relief-style painting of apocalyptic scenes that they must have pulled off of like a medieval illuminated
0: text or something. Or or a tract.
1: Uh, Possibly. Which... I guess it's about the same. And, um, yeah, something like that. Warning may cause apocalypse.
0: Mm-mm. Uh, no, I, I, uh, Oh man, I just went totally blank. No, I, I, we—that was the biggest one we bought when I was in Homestead. There were some actual, like, significant, like, uh, you know, four-foot-long containers with fireworks in them. But you and I, when we went, we would not go for July Fourth or January First. We would go for July Fifth or January Second and buy a bunch of discount fireworks from the fireworks store, which was at that point desperate to d- get rid of some of the dang fireworks. Oh, and definitely,
1: because yeah. when it comes to fireworks. Quantity is job one.
0: Mm -hmm. When it comes to being in high school and not having that much money and wanting to set things on fire, you really want to be efficient.
1: Um, Um, I do recall that you were probably the most dangerous person that I shot fireworks with. Apocryphal at best. Well, okay, then tell me if you remember this specific incident, which was that... We had the aforementioned pile of fireworks. I don't know where we had gone to to shoot them, but we had quite a few bottle rockets. And then it, the idea—I I, I don't want to blame you for the idea. This sounds like something I would have thought to do, which is that we were driving in my '82 Mercedes, which, though old, had like a power sunroof and stuff that would have been really cool back in the day. So we had like a sunroof rolled down. Anyway, somehow it came to us that we could potentially shoot bottle rockets out of the car mm-hmm. while driving, not at other cars. I mean, we're not,
0: uh, oh, we some, shot them at, I want to say in the air and also at trees as we drove by houses, which, <laughs> I well,
1: mean, okay. It maybe had just rained. Florida gets a lot of rain. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, sometimes you get a little jittery, maybe. I don't know, maybe you got nervous, but I remember you ended up lighting a bottle rocket and then dropping it onto the floorboard of the car. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I even believe we were on Scenic Highway. This, I think, was imprinted in my memory. And so there was sort of a panic that ensued. And I believe we got it out of the car. But it happened that that also aligned with a passing of a police officer in the other lane. Uh, And so I I probably pulled into a neighborhood or something. And uh, it was altogether an absurd experience that I... Then recall being asked about on a subsequent day by my parent. Oh no. Which brings us back back to to your relationship with your mother. If you could we
0: word that differently shot a a ball rocket
1: out of your moving vehicle towards a law enforcement officer, yeah. Who would be the first person you would tell? My answer would be no one. cam's answer might be different
0: uh now i don't i genuinely don't recall the dropping of the of the firework onto the onto the floor um i, I that sounds to me like an uh, an honest an honest mistake not a <laughs> a single uh as the the single uh anecdote a mere slip of the fingers resulting in me becoming uh to to wit, the uh, most dangerous fireworks person that you or fireworks uh, a person you ever shot fireworks with. Um, that that sounds that sounds like a, a, a mild um, a mild instance of a, a, a typical uh, sort of example of the the trouble that we got into in high school, which is to say very very little overall. Um, I, on the other hand, felt like everyone else was more dangerous than me i would show up at, at, y'all, at y'all's place and uh people i don't remember if people actually did it but people at least talked about shooting uh roman candles at each other yeah um, of course we did which yeah, i mean yeah, not that, a close is,
1: range i'm not
0: <laughs> sure dodgeable it, it, there distance is, I guess. yeah
1: there is an element of danger where it's A controlled danger versus an uncontrolled danger. (laughs) Okay, sure. So it's sort of a a, an acceptable risk. Oh, very much so. I I was just talking about this, is that there's a very cuz I was somewhat daredevil-ish, but there's a really big line between okay, what's the risk I'm taking? Do I have any recourse if things go wrong at this point, etc.? risks to people who are like this sounds cool I'm doing it and to the outside observer it's not always apparent that those are two different things and so I was always very much in the former camp and so I always saw myself as a very cautious person but I often did things that seemed incautious if that's a word.
0: No no let me poke at that for a minute because I think you might be confusing uh of. a uh, cautious, uh, calculated risk with a recourse with just, uh, rationalizing something ahead of time to yourself, because explain to me the recourse of, I just got hit with a bottle rock or just got hit with a Roman candle. Uh, versus, if you had just said, "I'm going to shoot a Roman candle at you, Pap," like I believe at the end result of that is still someone that got hit with a Roman candle, regardless of how how calculated. Okay, so the risk was. end result <laughs> can
1: be the same, but the frequency of that result is reduced significantly. Also, it puts it on you a little bit to oh, avoid see. your own injury, and you are giving a given a chance. And you know, if you don't live up to your own standards, well. You, you don't really blame anybody.
0: Uh, so, okay, this is the think fast rule of risk-taking. Like, a little bit.
1: Like, okay, it's the difference between taking a, a parachute jump out of a plane or jumping off of a building. It sounds like both <laughs> things are dangerous, but one is vastly more dangerous than the other. The building jumper has no way to fix a problem that arises. Death. A uh, plane jumper. You know, you got some time. You have a couple options, and then you just go for it.
0: It's a, this is both of these things. I guess come down to proximity. Then, as long as you got some time before getting hit with the the Roman candle or the ground, uh, you consider it a, a calculated risk.
1: Well, I should then say that you are at least very close in being tied with another friend of ours, Sean, who uh, you weren't there. This was much later when we were supposedly adults Mm -hmm. and we were at his house for a gathering and I gave us both Roman candles to shoot to wow the small gathered crowd. And um, so Roman candles, some of them have a little thing that show you where you stick it in the ground for, reasons that no one uses you know nobody sticks a roman candle in the ground
0: i genuinely didn't even know you could stick a roman candle in well the ground. some you
1: can uh but many don't have that at all they're just flat on both ends and there's a fuse well perhaps it was the idea that you usually light a fuse from the back of something oh no sure. <laughs> we're we're both pointing the roman candles into the yard And Sean's Roman candle activated and shot him directly in the face. Now, it didn't hit his eye. It, like, ricocheted off of his cheek. So he was mostly uninjured, mildly, you know, crisped. But his... Further reaction was to be confused by how that had just happened, and sort of wheel around, (laughs) like somebody pointing a loaded gun, sweeping across a crowd (laughs) behind him. Everybody sort of scatters (laughs) as the Roman candle goes off again, and so eventually I got it, you know, righted and pointed away. But um, it was quite a sight to see him. Shoot himself point blank, and then scatter a crowd by
0: sweeping the Roman candle past. See, you've proven on record here that I am at best a silver medalist in the most dangerous. I will never forget
1: your hands fumbling a bottle rocket into the floorboard of the car I was driving.
0: (laughs) You are still number one. I I didn't hit anyone in the okay. (laughs) I guess I should just accept accept my victory. Yeah, I feel Uh, like this is like a positive. I, I can't. I mean, the the intensity of your memory is is a subjective factor here that I can't argue against. Um, regardless of whether I'd hit anyone in the face or not with a fireball, uh, just assaulted a police officer. That's it. There's somebody was shooting off fireworks about a block from us. Uh, not. I mean, it is not July Fourth yet. It was uh, Saturday night, I think. And, uh, of course, in the city, that you're, A, you're wondering if it's a gun. But I'm, I know what a gun sounds like. There's a lot of things in a city that sound like a gun that are not. Um, one of them is a firework. The other is uh, um, they'll lay down uh, big pieces, of, like big slabs of metal over uh, in-progress uh, road work. So you're talking like a 10-foot, yeah. uh, one-inch thick slab of metal. And p- people drive over those. That also sounds like a gun. Uh but uh, no, these were like for real legit. I was walking down the street and saw like fireworks going off in the air. It wasn't like they were just like setting off M80s or whatever. Um, I don't know why somebody would burn like literally, I don't know, it's probably a hundred bucks worth of fireworks. Why do you do it the weekend before July 4th. But um, I don't even
1: know what the etiquette is anymore. Uh, is the fireworks period expanding around our holidays or?
0: if you're setting off fireworks in North Chicago, like in the city, you're probably not super concerned with etiquette, Um, just in general.
1: So by this logic, there there may be fireworks at any time, any day.
0: Yeah. All I mean, year. This, this guy, I, I think it's more of an issue of cost. Like the, when I was hearing them go off and then I walk I outside and I, I was on my way to somewhere and I saw him, um, my thought wasn't, I can't believe this guy is setting off fireworks, not July 4th. My, my thought was, I, how much money did this guy invest in fireworks that he felt okay with setting <laughs> off like a portion of What if he's on travel him? for the next week? And <laughs> he's just this out of town? <laughs>
1: like, yeah, he's like, screw it. We're celebrating the U.S.'s birthday early.
0: You're right. His buddy's in town, and uh, <laughs> he's just going to do it. Yeah, maybe. Uh,
1: it is one of those things that we we inherently feel is normal in the right circumstance, but all of a sudden react totally differently if it's not that circumstance. So if it's within a week of July 4th or New Year's, you're like, ah, fireworks. Uh, But if it's like, you know, September and you're walking around and – for a stroll at night or something and somebody starts shooting fiery exploding balls you sort of freak out a little or you like at least they're like what is wrong with that person i have to you know
0: it just isn't acceptable i would say there's a hard cut off at christmas if i hear fireworks a week before july 4th i'm like oh, okay it's almost july 4th but if someone's shooting off fireworks at christmas can't even I can't even picture that that, that what that would yeah that's less than a week before January first think you know about it. it's the, right there like
1: I don't understand why it's acceptable some holidays and not like Jesus doesn't deserve fireworks
0: I mean if we're trying to focus on the 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 one star in the sky the um that the the man yeah, it's saw. like a,
1: it's like a representation whoever can get the
0: biggest single fireworks
1: to explode in the sky. You know, it's like nativity scene
0: plus plus. I, you know, I would, uh, I think that that would be an interesting, but probably actually no. That this idea is, is already such a good idea. Trouble. a
1: nativity scene with a giant fireworks mortar built in, and you just light one off every now and then. I mean, why, why is that not a thing?
0: I, I don't know. My suggestion was going to be that we have a holiday that's about just one giant firework instead of a bunch of little ones, but that just that just sounds like somebody's gonna blow their garage up. Um, I think that's, you've that's figured out idea. the America one. I'm trying to brainstorm no bad ideas, but honestly let's 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 put that one back in the box, the fireworks box, the barrel. Fine. <sighs> um I finished reading I, I read a I read The Stranger by Albert Camus. Ah yeah. You did, mentioned it, it uh, you did. did it
1: did did have any um did it hold any interest for you
0: well here's the well the, the, here's the thing first of all my understanding after reading it and then reading some some articles about it and stuff um i i get the impression that i should have read the stranger by albert camus when i was roughly 14 perhaps uh, yes Yeah. So not only had I not read it, I didn't even know what it was about, um, or even if it was a fiction or nonfiction book or anything. It could have been selection of essays for all I knew. Um, And I I enjoy that uh, process, like going in completely blind, which is hard with a, uh, like a literature book that, uh, especially one that's been translated, you'll open it and the first page, uh, the translator, you know, they've got a prologue or whatever. And (laughs) it's like i mean if i if I'm gonna read it and I already don't know anything, I don't want to read the prologue, so it's I feel dumb like saying like no spoilers and skipping ahead <laughs> past the spoil- past this early section of a hundred fifty year old uh novel but I did um uh i i guess uh it was not what I was expecting at all, especially in the context of our original conversation because it what. I think we were originally talking about philosophy or at least tangentially that day. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I, I didn't expect that it would, was, uh, would be this sort of like oblique, uh, commentary from the perspective of w- what I think of at this point as, uh, um, a guy who would be on some pretty heavy, heavy medication in 2018, like <laughs>
1: uh, what did the translation say, mother or maman or
0: maman? Uh, okay, so I, that was a big I thing. Yeah, I, um, I, I, they were they were very proud of themselves. I went back and read the intro from the translator, and they were very proud of themselves that they like retranslated the first sentence of this novel.
1: So it definitely is one of those things that requires context now. Before or after, that's an interesting question. Usually, I end up trying a little before, but it might be better to, I don't know. It's tough, because that one was very, oblique's the right word, it's very specifically exploring an idea, um, the absurdity of life, sort of existential, as defined by existentialism, Um but it doesn't say that, and you have no way of knowing that. It's just a feeling you're going to get reading it. So, yeah, yes, it. you really have to know why it's being written, for what reason. Um, otherwise, it really, I don't know. I don't know if it by itself is something like that. Now, of course, it is uh, something that coming of age people might enjoy. It. Camus generally, I think, is a favorite of that crowd. It, it gives you a little
0: bit of wallowing in your angst a little bit. Uh, sure, I, I definitely felt like it. It in the same way that I read Catcher in the Rye, uh, like toward the end of college, um, roughly eight years late of when when you're supposed to or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. It it felt like the same sort of book that if you if you read it early enough. Will allow you to kind of dabble in uh, sort of melodramatic dis- 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 disaffection.
1: Yeah, but uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that. That I, I certainly don't think that's the point. So I think it's mis
0: – No, though I'm, people
1: I, identify with it. I think it's more of a symptom of what it's exploring v- versus yeah. what it's what you really should be gathering from it after a while. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I think that that's fair and also really common. Like there's, uh, there, I think there's a a few different, like, I feel like this is a, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the line I draw here, uh, with the sort of like, uh, heavily flawed protagonist of those two stories kind of relates to the modern trend of like, uh, House or uh, Rick? Well, House is not a great example. Rick and Morty, I guess, is the most common example now, um, or of the the uh, protagonist that's actually like a garbage person, but um, is treated as like cool or like you know what I mean? Like there's a certain uh, like uh, yeah bast- bastard with a heart of gold thing that people really like. Um, uh, may sort not of like the wrong life. A- wrong aspects of
1: life is life sucks so there's no reason to be anything more than you are but if you make
0: an effort you should be applauded well, it's just, for it or something yeah it's it's just the the um maybe in because it, it, it's sort of like cool to have to be like that uh fraught and that problematic and uh in and still do awesome things uh, sort of leads to, to, uh, I don't know. I feel like you pick up, you might pick up on the wrong signals there uh, and sort of pick up the wrong uh, aspects of that. Those personalities. I hate to drag Rick and Morty into this, that that's a whole other thing, I guess.
1: Well, I mean, Rick and Morty, it is good for what it is, but it's very much the case that um, Rick, that's his character. I mean it's it's almost archetypal.
0: Yeah, but there's there's like a toxic nerd thing that has sort of like developed around that that I think uh is maybe doing Camus and injustice for me to like to, <laughs> no, to it, it, glob all these things together. A,
1: a lot of what is in that show is explicitly that same existential idea. That's true.
0: Yeah. Well, even it took points to the point of absurdity uh, for sure, although I mean this book is apparently deliberate like deli- I saw absurdity referenced a lot when I went back and read like you know it's yeah just I,
1: go ahead and read Myth of Sisyphus. It's an essay or two different essays oh, really
0: okay uh, right,
1: definitely just read that. That's straightforward. That's him talking about his ideas, and you will it it will explain it to you from his own perspective, so.
0: Okay. I mean, it was, um, I, I definitely, I feel like I followed it and stuff. It wasn't a particularly, like, complex book or anything, but there's, so it wasn't the what the hell did I just read, sort of, like, uh, research, more of the, like, did I miss any nuance for this or some, like, cultural right, context yeah, or yeah. whatever. And, uh, I mean, it's a story about a guy who, um, I who, uh You know, he's super disaffected with everything. Like his mom just died. I feel like he's in, there's a lot of like, what's wrong with this guy? Sort of like uh, off the cuff uh, diagnosing that I feel like you have to do as a reader. Um, Because he seems to be in pretty heavy denial of a lot of things. and And he sort of like rolls his eyes and just whatever is like most of life. Um, to the point where, like, the reason I said that he would be heavily medicated is I feel like um, if this this is not that far from like a Dexter or something where he's just like doesn't understand human interaction. Um, but it, I guess the I guess the point that Camus was making, or maybe uh, the in, in this uh, off the cuff, fifteen years late literature class that I'm trying to have here, <laughs> is that. Um, it's more of a, like a philosophical detachment. It's not like uh Holden Caulfield thinking everybody's a, a like a phony and being suspicious of everything. This guy like straight up it's sort of incidental that he doesn't care about people cuz he just doesn't seem to care about like I- anything, <laughs> like existence.
1: Uh yeah, I think probably it's uh, trying to show a a single example of a of a person who doesn't play the games of life not intentionally just sort of takes everything for exactly what it is in front of him and doesn't try to pull it into some kind of social context or context that's put upon them and so it comes off as a terrible person or a something's wrong with them because they're not Engaging in any of those higher level games. They're just seeing something, they're doing something. How does it make them feel? Not why it makes them feel that way. Um, so it, the absurd um, not separating yourself from all the context that we take for granted and just being like, life is just completely whatever. <laughs>
0: Right. Like he, he doesn't seem satisfied with any closure until he's actually sentenced to death. And then he's like super excited because he feels like, uh, there is some like satisfying, like he knows what's going to happen. Like there's a, he seemed to have some like satisfaction in like the, uh, the, the finality of that. But, I mean, he also... And I i stole... The, I, I'm stealing this from an article that mentioned it. But, like, when he shoots a guy... Because at the end of the first part of this book, he shoots a guy. Spoiler! I'm, I'm glad that we're, like, talking about this with just enough context to, like, sort of, To be <laughs> annoying for somebody who knows the whole story <laughs> and not useful to someone who doesn't know the story. Perfect But he balance. shoots a guy. And the way that he describes it is not that he shot him. He describes that the trigger gave. um, And I... The the article I was reading just points out that like he doesn't take ownership of his actions, um. So I mean that pokes a hole in his his whole like disaffection thing, and like to to me puts a lot more on his shoulders that he's just in denial. Like the, I I I don't know. It was a uh, he. Uh, I think that the like philosophy of the book became more interesting toward the or more like convincing toward the end, but. Well, towards Um, the
1: end, it was a little more uh, self-conscious in that sense. But, yeah, I think you should read more around that idea. Because, I mean, I definitely agree with you in one sense, but that's more of like a, that's an interpretation of actions from within the frame of uh, interpretive morality that you 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 already have oh, okay. uh, th- that's not supposed to sound more profound than it is it's just like it's just everything's systems and so you take time to realize what systems you're incorporating or utilizing when you make any kind of judgments or anything like that and sometimes you uh, decide that those systems are useful or good or you want to keep them. And sometimes you think, well, maybe I'm relying too much on this system to tell me what's obviously true or obviously a good idea or bad idea and realize that, you know, it's not like that. Um, and so there's a lot of philosophy that goes on behind that sort of statement. I just said, Mm -hmm. um, I might tend to lean more towards pragmatism, which is when you can't overly justify your truth claim of why you think something is definitely foundationally true or not, you do sort of fall back a little bit eventually to avoid skepticism, being that somebody says, well, you can't know anything and you can't tell me anything, right. uh, is to say, well, I can show you what works more often than not. And it's hard to argue against that unless you just absolutely don't care if anything
0: works or not i mean the 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 thing that you have there even is what's what I think is missing from the guy in this story, which is like he has no uh investment in finding a solution there either way like he doesn't he doesn't care um like what you're you know you're describing a sort of like a practical uh, objective practicality versus like a sub objective, uh, uh, opinion of why something might work or not work. And the guy in the story basically just doesn't care about whether something works or not. Like he, uh, uh again, something I, know I read in another article, um, cause they talk about, there's a, there's a fairly good essay just about the first sentence of this book. And the first sentence, uh, it was originally mother died today, I believe, and uh, the uh, newer translation is maman, or however you say it, which is like a French, uh, yeah, uh, the original French word, which is more affectionate and childlike than mother, which, because uh, mother's a little bit, no one calls their mother generally mother unless you're like Norman Bates. Um, so it, I was thinking more in,
1: like mommy maybe, but not quite.
0: Right. And that's the problem that they talk about is that mommy is too childlike to the point that it's kind of, uh, sets you off with a bunch of preconceived notions about the main character before you meet them. Right. Uh, Really? So Maman is is the modern, like, the newest translation. However, uh, the article that I read talked about um, how that character lives... He doesn't care about what has happened. I mean, like, he opens the book by going to his mom's funeral and the next day going swimming and having an affair. So he, <laughs> he's not big on the past. And then he's also just not big on the future. Like he doesn't, even when he is literally on trial for murder, doesn't seem more than like incidentally concerned with any of the goings on. Like he, he seems like he's half paying attention to all of it. Cause he doesn't understand what he should, why he should or whatever, which is uh, a big part of why, you know, that, that, detachment from everything. Uh, but anyway, he uh, they they argue that the book should uh, start with today, comma, Maman died because the main character uh, sort of a- approaches everything in the context of when it is happening and is mostly concerned with things that as they are happening. I thought yeah, that was interesting.
1: Uh, yeah, and I think it's not so much that he intends to do any of it. It's that he doesn't intend. He just does. And I think that's where it comes from. I I think, I don't know. I'm sure people have spent a long time actually figuring this out, so maybe we should look at them. But maybe it's actually interesting to think of it for yourself. Uh, He he doesn't intend anything. It's it's this effort to imagine a person or a way of being where – you're not making judgments on why or how or what, just sort of how things are at the moment, which in a way, we do strive for to be in the moment. Like There's a lot of positive things that come from that, but we also drag a lot of stuff there with us. So it's, it's not, I don't even think, supposed to be a person so much as an exploration of what that might look like and um, then you can compare it against all the other things which we're doing right now which is to say well that's way different than that or why wouldn't you do that it's just sort of a thing to hold it up to and say hmm that's different
0: well i like that approach because it gets you out of the uh generally my instinct, which is just to judge this guy, right? And, yeah, and poke I definitely holes in felt his that. behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, like it said the 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 line about the you know him not saying that he shot the guy and instead saying the trigger trigger gave to me. Like, if if you are looking at it as an actual character and not as a little bit more of like a like a like a hypothetical sort of philosophical like sketch, um, it, it makes. Once he doesn't take ownership of that, it makes his whole like deal seem super lame. Like, oh, you're just you just are, are like in denial that you are responsible for any of your actions. You just you're like you suck. <laughs> but like right. that's not the point of the story, is the point of the story is not to uh figure out if the main character is is uh like or figure out his flaws, I guess. Right. It's um, not
1: yeah, that definitely was a little tricky. Is it? I feel the same way about literary characters where I get, I mean, I get it, they're written that way, but I get very frustrated, especially when I feel like they're being a way that the writer's just making them be. Um, yeah. And although I know people are flawed, I just can't imagine somebody really being that way. Uh, but yes, uh, at least that's what I came to. Is that it's it's holding up this thing as an example, almost as if it were not a not a human, and it's interesting that way.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, I I will I will I will go read this other stuff. I I want to uh, I want to take this as it comes and not treat it as a thing to find the the flaw in the person, which is a little bit of a different uh, approach than I generally grew up with, I would say, I didn't, one of the, the reason I didn't read Catcher in the Rye, um, was that my mom who uh, did a phenomenal job, obviously homeschooling a zillion kids and stuff, um, also came into, uh, her reading recommendations, bless her, extremely subjectively and, uh, just decided that there were some things that she didn't think were worth reading and like Catcher in the Rye being one of them. Um, which I, when I read it way later, I was like, man, this book's awesome. I wish I, of course, if I'd read it earlier, I probably would have just ended up a bigger jerk than I already was. (laughs) Um, but like she, like Catcher in the Rye, instead of, you know, treating that as a book where you kind of turn the main character over and over, she had decided the main character is, uh, a jerk and something was wrong with them and that there was nothing to be gained from reading that book in high school. So I just didn't Same with Lord of the Flies didn't read Lord of the Flies until I was like 25.
1: Yeah, there is something to be said for I don't know, trying to pick per person what might be best set of things assuming they're not going to read everything. I mean, you are mm-hmm. a bigger you're a bigger reader than most maybe, or at least were are capable of reading more than a lot of people.
0: Uh, definitely not as much anymore, but yeah, I mean, especially in high school I read a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, I think especially in high school. I just I, I was So slow at reading, and it was like you would just have to make if you could get me to read two things, um, then yeah, you should definitely be picking what to read, yeah, per person. I mean, if not, why you know, homeschooling if it's not good for that? I don't know, but you do risk curating what you give people, and then you're sort of creating an inherent uh single point of failure um or at least a narrow way of getting someone information that even if you're doing your honest best, you might not um be filtering stuff uh objectively
0: yeah, I think like uh that that's a applies to a lot of how um both of us were raised, but especially uh especially when regards to reading lists and stuff um i don't know i've I went and read some of my own in college caught up in some stuff but there's still stuff that like shannon read like and the, that uh i need to get back to reading like i read the handmaid's tale a few years ago not knowing it was going to become an hbo series <laughs> uh i read i haven't read kate chopin's the awakening i'm going to read that sometime that's a big controversial book and oh well, uh, i don't know that one oh it, it's uh um it's a uh, um to to probably simplify it too much, like a big feminist book. Um,
1: <laughs> How could that be oversimplified?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a woman who I I believe it's a woman who like ha, it has an affair and then like self motivate. Like I, I right. I'm not I'm yeah not
1: gonna, I I feel you like yeah to not to read things and just to hear what they're trying to say and not judge the characters of the author. And by, when I say not judge, I don't mean that you don't end up with opinions. I just mean that you take in the information honestly and, and contextually, and then you just integrate it with you as best you can. And sometimes that does mean that you even reinforce your feeling on a thing that was against what you just read, but you never know.
0: Yeah, I think, like, the, man, it's a lot, kind of a big thing for toward the end of the podcast, but, like, um, it's the feeling of uh, trying to weigh something on its own merits and not just weigh it against, like, a bunch of things you've already decided, which is something we sort of talked about before on the on the podcast, but, like, the... Um, we were raised or I was raised so, uh, so firmly with so many sets of kind of like apologetics and like, um, prebuilt, uh, uh, prebuilt worldview that, um, everything ended up just being measured against that rather than approached by itself. Um, so something like, you know, the, the stranger had, I read it at the time would have been, uh, you know, here's a look into uh, existentialist worldview, and like it would have had a name, and I would have been introduced as a, you know to it as a as an example of a competing worldview, right?
1: Not not that it isn't, but that your essay would have perhaps been about how it contrasts with the Christ worldview,
0: right? Exactly. So like all the all of these things would have been you know in instead of you know looking at it and and taking the author for, for you know and trying to understand all of that stuff um and consider it it would have been a uh, it's like you're you're just kind of like poking your head into a window somewhere and being like oh okay exactly. so that's what that's what that room is like cool Yeah, and, and then you kind of move yeah, on yeah
1: the, the idea that to really try to understand and I want to use the word believe, and we have talked about this before. It's not believe in the sense that you're taking it as what you'll have forever, but to really try to be as much where that person is as possible and absorb it and then go back, I guess I can see where, quote, unquote, there's a danger if you don't understand, if you're just losing yourself and everything that comes along. But, <laughs> I mean, if you want to take the Christian example, like you will be a better anything, a better Christian, if you can go into something for what it is and understand it fully and then go back to where you are. If your worldview has some underlying truth and superiority, if it is practically and... Uh, esoterically true there's n- you should not be fearful of fully understanding other views and topics as if there's part of the truth in them as well you know and it's such it was it's you you say it so right is that poking your head in a window or maybe just looking through a window like we're in a bus yeah. driving by the rest of the world and being like if you look to your right There is the existentials. And if you look to your left, there are the Marxists uh, uh, up ahead. And there's no, like, there's no question if there's anything there. There isn't. And you just get to look at how other people live. Yeah, that's... that's, Uh, I don't appreciate that.
0: Yeah, and it's... Uh, And the idea that like all of the things that you need to learn and like the universal truths of life are like quite literally set up for you in a notebook uh, that you get at a camp when you're 14 um, is not a great way for anyone to go about the rest of their life, I think. Um, it it, like back to front separated by tabs. I have the notebook. We'll look at it. One of these podcasts. Uh, I'll try not to, I'll try to do it in a way that isn't just us dunking on the notebook for an hour. Um, but the, uh, yeah, that I feel like I'm still trying to like extricate myself from treating everything like that. Um, I think it's a, it's a, one of those things that's like hard to get away from because it's always how you were, if it's something that fundamental to how you were raised, um, it's very difficult to like to come back away from that. Um, right. Because
1: and- even when, even when you maybe modify your viewpoints to be more inclusive, you also still have that leftover feeling of like, when you encounter people who are, being resistive to your new inclusiveness, you still feel like you have this tool where you get to look at them out a window and be like, oh, you know, this is how they live. And, you know, we owe it to ourselves to um, be above that even as we grow um, towards different ways. And so it almost comes at you from both sides,
0: yeah, it's the it's exactly the the um or even like at some point you just feel like you're like in it, you're looking at someone more politely, which is like not any not that much better to be like instead right. of, instead of ignoring someone entirely or uh or ignoring a viewpoint entirely or stop slapping a label on it and moving on, if you are being more welcoming and considering but it's still in the framework of like well i have all of the answers over here i have literal infinite ultimate truth and immortality nailed down so at that point like all you're doing is like different levels of uh of, of like an affectation of like i could just look it out the window it's like the difference between like going to uh going on a tour group to Rome versus like eat pray loving it in Rome with like uh t- <laughs> freaking you know it, it, both of them is still just yeah, yeah. you visiting Rome one of them you are your instagrams are much more authentic feeling but at the, but all you you're still just like approaching the thing like a like a spectator who already has everything nailed down and i think that's like and I think you've talked right. about and before, like the inherent humility sorry, of like a bit again. Oh no. Um, okay. Well, um, so, well, yeah, this podcast it, will just disintegrate do- into I, the ether. I, I, I,
1: I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm not trying to destroy truth claims here. I'm saying that you uh, can live with both and they build each other up basically. Oh, I was, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, well, I, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm missing what you're saying. I, you were, disappearing there for a second
0: oh it's okay uh that's it's sort of like a metaphorical <laughs> it's sort of like a technological reflection of the metaphorical disintegration of this philosophy conversation <laughs>
1: um, yes i'm not trying to destroy any belief system i'm saying that they benefit from being inclusive of ideas while still remaining oh, uh Stable themselves.
0: Well, that's the that's the thing. Am I breaking up? Because okay, uh, I can I'm gonna hear p- you right now. I'm gonna pretend like I'm not breaking up. That's the thing, though. Is <laughs> the uh, if if you are if you are if you your belief system involves believing that your belief system is the only true belief system and that it is 100 percent complete, uh, then by definition, every other belief system is something you just sort of spectate, and like that is, I mean. You uh, you, uh, that even thinking of things in such absolute terms is something that like I personally am not sure how to come back from just because the absolute complete sort of like approach to all that stuff is so like core to how uh, how I was raised in a lot of ways.
1: Right. I I know it's a loaded. It's it's always loaded in the in Christian.
0: Um, it's, it, system yeah, it's, to, it's to definitely,
1: yeah, say anything like, well, it depends on your perspective on it because it very much rests on there being a knowable truth, right? Um, but it does, I think, the way you can look at it is without thinking this is a universalist statement, it is not different. It's different ways of looking at the same thing that you're striving for if you don't want to, say, give up a belief, but incorporate ideas that don't seem compatible with that belief. It's that often, and this can apply to anything really, um, you, you just need to take a long look at what things you were including in that system that you think are necessary that just really aren't. And being honest, I mean, a little bit like, since we were just talking about it, um, the stranger. Like, look at it stripped down to nothing and and see how that's different than the way you were approaching it and see what's important about that and what's not. And it gives you a little bit of honest flexibility to uh uh, submerge yourself in different ideas without feeling like it's all completely contradictory but that's that's not straightforward and it's nuanced and I understand why it doesn't survive in the more the greater belief systems
0: I don't know it just yeah, doesn't no. function that way I mean I think that like it's not just that uh, it's not just not the the sort of uh, teaching of the universal belief system, but also the amount of uh, defense against w- what you're talking about. Because, um, like, yeah, the, the the idea that there's something in between universalism and absolutism or like that the part that you think is absolute isn't as absolute or like not all of it is as absolute as you think it is even like Uh, the implication of that, that was all sort of like prepared for and defended against, I think, uh, in, in, oh, the, you know, in those constructs that I was talking about in terms of, uh, mm -hmm. raised and things like that to where like the, any, even like moving down that line is like, it, that that was all sort of framed as the same thing which is relativism right like relativism was the great oh label. my gosh yeah
1: do you have an explicit tag on this podcast you just <laughs> use the r word dude
0: my my 7 year old was in here earlier so this is going to be a a clean podcast no oh, no well you just dropped relativism so yeah uh anyway yeah that that was that that was a sort of a blanket for any of this stuff um, right be, yeah
1: it shuts it down yeah mm-hmm. you can't it, it can it's a it can be used for good or for evil so don't yeah. be scared of it
0: yeah I mean the uh, it's the that's the difference though is is the, that if you are um you've got to figure out a way to uh not just like look at things through a window i guess look i'm getting a phone relative. call this is so appropriate for this podcast hold on i'm going to answer the phone call live and we'll yeah, see if it's a real phone on call here. all right hello hello <laughs> sweet perfect it's an automated message from the town i used to live in about trash collection see no one uses a phone <laughs>
1: Well, did you at least try
0: to sound chipper and helpful? It was a a recording. (laughs) No one uses a phone!